From DS Media Studios in Tema, Ghana, this is Two Peswas. Two Peswas is a weekly podcast where we cover a range of topics, from buzzing media headlines to music to highlights from the week. Each episode is co-hosted by myself, Peaches, and Eddie. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 16 Hello. of the Two Peswas podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I hope everyone's having a great week so far. It's probably, well, the week just started, but I hope so far no one has tried you. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Okay, so before we get started, I just want to make a little note here. Some of you may know that we got nominated for a blogging and social media award for best podcast or most most engaging engaging podcast yes Mm. and so i reached we reached out to a lot of you because of course because drama is part of our daily lives (laughs) we only found out we were nominated the day that the voting ended Ended, yeah so we made a mad scramble and reached out so many of you and so many of you voted Voted for for us us, and we're so grateful uh we didn't win unfortunately (laughs) but um it's, it was very heartwarming to get one recognized at all and to have you guys vote en masse. And so thank you to Blogging GH for that. And also congratulations to the podcast that did win, yeah. which is Accra We, we Day. Day. Yeah, yeah, so, so. congrats. <laughs> all right. Okay. And uh, let's go, Eddie, take us in. All right. The news. Okay. So in the news, um, I was reading an article the other day on how Germany had returned a gold funeral mask to Peru it had been um, it had been it had been uh, confiscated by the Interpol at some point but then at the end of the article it said um, Germany had also returned some artifacts to Ecuador they had mm. been in the possession of a private a, a private individual and then it had been returned to 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 Ecuador and so the whole thing came to me about this colonizers right. looting looting our, 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 our artifacts and so, you know, along with all the ills that the colonizers brought with them, they ended up plundering the continent as well. And there was a story a while back, I think about two years ago, where there was a, a cockerel, a bronze cockerel at mm. Cambridge University. And there was a bit of a, not, not a riot, but there was a bit of, um, of mayhem because the Nigerian students, I guess, wanted the cockerel to be repatriated oh, back, to mm-hmm. yes, back to Nigeria. And so I did a bit of, of reading around and, uh, and found out that in the 19th century, British colonizers wanted to wipe out the then kingdom of Benin, which is now Nigeria, um, as a sort of a punitive expedition because the leader of that kingdom had said he had imposed um, um, custom duties on any goods leaving the country. So mm-hmm. obviously that would affect them. So the British sent uh, 1,200 soldiers to destroy the kingdom. They set it on fire, and then in that process, they looted trinkets, bronze, sculptures. I think sculptures, I've heard this story before. Actually. Yeah, valuable, so many things. And I know a number of countries have advocated that these countries give us back the, the mm-hmm. things that they stole from us. And some of these stolen notables are the Nefertiti bust, which is, can be found in Berlin, uh, the Rosetta Stone, um, which can be found in the British Museum. And they are both um, artifacts that belong to Egypt. Mm-hmm. And Egypt has made a lot of noise about having them um, send these things back. But for some reason, they don't, they they don't want to budge. There are a lot of other stolen notables, such as the Bangwa Queen from Cameroon, the Elgin Marbles from Greece. China has had 23,000 artifacts stolen, and hmm. they want them back as well. And... I mean, for me, I find this very, it's, it's very bizarre that at this point, the, the, the former colonizers are now saying that they want to give us back the artifacts on loan. 
Right. Like, how does that happen? Because as somebody said, there's no, there's no uh, basis for ownership when you acquire the things illegally. Mm, it doesn't really mm. matter how much time has passed. Mm, you get me? Mm. The thing was not yours to begin with. Mm. So if the, even if it's a thousand years later, and I'm like, okay, can I have my mm. bust back? Yeah. What are you? What are you? What are you even trying to say? Well, it's been in my family for so long. So exactly. And, and <laughs> you, know, you know, and then some of these countries are citing that, well, some of these things attract millions of visitors and um, they're worried up for the safety of these items that they might end up on the black market. But I'm saying, that, OK, all these things, that shouldn't be your, even it's if it's, your business, it's yeah. not your business. If that happens, it shouldn't be your business. And then I also thought about the fact that, okay, are our leaders not pushing for these things to come back to where they belong because they know that they're going to go back to these same people and ask for aid, for grants, and I loans? I feel like uh, we don't necessarily put a value on our artifacts mm. ourselves. Mm. I mean, Accra, the museum, we are just, we're not really a museum going, <laughs> you see. Mm, mm. And you know, it's funny you brought this up because I think two or three days ago, mm. somebody made a thread of artifacts that are cultural artifacts that are found elsewhere. And right. one of them was the head of one of a Ghanaian king or something. Mm-hmm. And it's made of solid gold. gold I yes, can't yes, remember yes. which one. And yeah, they, that is that in, well. I think, London, one mm. of the London museums or mm. something. Mm. Then also, I don't know if you um, saw this, how the Brazil, the Brazilian National Museum burnt down. down. Yes, yes. And yes, so yes. somebody was saying, mm-hmm. They're going to come and say, you see, you guys... Yes, if we had... Mm, you guys can't mm. take care of this precious stuff. And I was just going to that point. I was going to say, okay, let's... But let's not also... Yeah, let's say these people return these things to us. Let's not disgrace ourselves. Sometimes we have things in our possession. We don't take care of them. They bring these things to us, and then for some reason they get lost. We don't take care of them, and then they are Because destroyed, really, you know? it is a very specialized area. Mm. Archaeology, artifacts, mm. which we don't... We don't even have such courses <laughs> but in, then, you know... Mm, but at the same time... These things were on our land, and we had them. I mean, we, sh- we obviously we knew how to keep them intact. So if they've gone back, then they're coming back. They shouldn't. They, I don't think it should be such a big issue about how to keep them well. It's just plus. Just, anyway, as we always do, we get some expert from somewhere to come that in. That is what we it do. Can it can be done be. here anyway. Yeah, it's true. I, I, I think they can so. come and you can be head of the music, a crown museum, mm-hmm. then if you mm-hmm. feel so strongly about the artifact, follow it here and set up. Exactly. At, you know, you know, and so basically, that's my in the news. The things that were stolen should be should be returned back. They're they're not yours. It's not they're a not debate, yours. really. It's about give it back. Yeah. Don't try and tell me ten reasons why. And you that, yeah, keep and it. What, the fact that you say you're going to give it back to us something on loan, something you've stolen from me on loan. It's because so I mean, the fact of the matter is, if we're, we're talking, we always talk about. <laughs> we just talked about this before we started. Mm. Silly things that people claim will bring tourism. This is something that would actually bring tourism. Yep, 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 and yep. Egypt, more than anyone, I guess, know that because mm. a good portion of their tourism um, right. money comes from people coming to see yep. the Egyptian artifacts. So and I think they were the one of the countries who said they are not going to do the loan thing. You either mm-hmm. return it to us or not at all. Like, what mm-hmm. do you mean loan, you know? Yeah. So, so that's, that's something to think about, definitely. Bring, bring back our looted stuff. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that's my in the news today. Okay, that was a good one. Mm. All right, so... My in the news is going to be about the appalling conditions in Ghanaian prisons. Uh-oh. Yes. Now, this is not necessarily a new topic by any means. It's been a recurring topic, actually, in the headlines. It mm. pops up every couple of months. Um, one of the last recent, you know, furores in terms of prison conditions was after Kwao Kese, who's a rapper for anyone who mm. doesn't know, a Ghanaian rapper, he got arrested and he got remanded in jail for 
an extended period of time. And when he came out, he talked, you know, at length about how disgusting and how oh. barbaric the conditions. Well, I missed that. In, mm. Yeah, j- and this was in jail. He didn't even get sentenced to prison per se, but mm. even in the jail, he was like, it's inhuman how the people are living there. Mm. And um, once again, I saw this on Joy headline, Joy News, Joy Online. Mm. Uh, there was in they interviewed an ex-convict about you know his experience whilst I think he was in in Sawam so whilst in, in Sawam prison, and unsurprisingly he did not have anything remotely good to say. Mm. So I just wanted to talk about that briefly right. this week. Okay, so when you generally speaking, when you advocate or when you discuss issues about prison conditions and jail conditions and prisoner rights. In Ghana, it's sort of akin to being an animal rights activist <laughs> or like mm. a gay rights mm. activist. People are like, girl, yeah, bye. Yeah, we have other, yeah. mm, they shouldn't have stolen or they whatever. Stu- yeah, Do you know what yeah, I mean? Like, yeah. they don't really care. Mm, <laughs> it's mm. like, you're, you're advocating for dogs. We've not finished advocating for the humans, <laughs> so can you not? You know yes. what I mean? <laughs> right. But we must never forget that a prison is supposed to serve two purposes. It's supposed to be punitive, but it's also have, it's supposed to be rehabilitative. Yeah. The idea is that you pay for your crime by being locked up, mm. and then once you're done, you're supposed to be able to reintegrate into, into society exactly, yes. as a productive member mm. and as a functional member of society. Right. And the way the prisons are currently operating and set up it's next to impossible for anyone to come out of there better than when they went in. Mm. So that's a problem. Okay. So first thing, first matter of concern is obviously the living conditions. I've seen pictures. It's horrible. Yes. If you've ever seen a picture of how they sleep, they don't have beds for one thing. Mm. And they sleep on the floor and they're lined head to toe. They're literally stacked it's like sardines. Packed, packed. Okay. So obviously overcrowding is an enormous problem and illness spreads like wildfire because they're just overpopulated. Hmm. Now I looked up some statistics. The capacity for Insuwan prison is 800 mm-hmm. and it oh. currently has a population of 3,500. Whoa, that's yeah. a lot. So there's no way, there is no way that anything good can happen when that you're literally four times over hmm. more. Mm. the capacity that your you know the infrastructure can handle wow. now total total um all prisons in Ghana have a ca- have a capacity total capacity of 9000 mm-hmm. and the current prison population is 14500 so we are in dire straits where that is concerned mm. So he talked about a couple of things one the living conditions you know in terms of sleep and space two food he said that they only received gari once a day, and that was it. And I'm sure there's enough money. There's been money allocated well, to them. So somebody's I'll, chopping it. Obviously. I'll get to that, right? Yeah. And so he was. He said that um, they used to receive soup with it, like a very thin, watery soup that mm-hmm. was just like you know, it might as well not have been soup. But even that stopped. So they just give you a bowl of gari and call it a day. Yes, once per wow. day, and you're supposed to manage however you you know you can manage. Um, Health care is pretty much non-existent. They have a prison infirmary which is under-equipped, yeah. understaffed, and the few staff that are there. He said he's not convinced they actually know, went through any sort of training. Mm, or they probably didn't care. You know? Or they care at all. 
and that there were instances where if you go there for treatment and you're given an injection is wrong and you will die. Multiple what? people have either one died from wrong medication or been sicker than for whatever reason they went in there in the first place. It's just that they're just not being treated like human beings. That's that, at the end that's, of the day. That's yeah. really what it is. Sanitation, again, is, is, does not exist, basically. Clothing, they don't clothe you in prisons. You wear boxers or, or shirtless. That's why they're all walking around shirtless. Ugh. There's nothing like prison uniform. It doesn't exist. Drug use is rampant and unchecked. So... Weed, hard drugs, whatever you want, you get it in there. <laughs> why are they even there? Like, what, what are they doing there? You know? Abuse is a daily occurrence, both physical abuse from by the wardens oh. and sexual abuse. Oh. Wardens on prisoners, prisoner oh. on prisoner, sexual abuse, and everybody turns a blind eye. Then there is a, a, a trend of exchanging sexual favors mm. for food. Like, for example... Mm. The prisoners that have money or are taken care of or can afford to mm. get... Yeah, if you don't have, you, you know, go and offer sexual services in exchange for food oh or clothes. And, and everybody knows about it. And it's just... And the, he even said that the wardens will tell you, oh, this guy is the one you want to go see. What? You, yeah, they, don't, they literally do not care. That's, that's, Forced labor is common. You, they, he said they make you... There's nothing to do. So the wardens make you do things like dig pits and then fill them again. <laughs> What's this yes. Though? Yes. No, no. And of course, conjugal visits aren't allowed. So mm. people are just, you know, frustrated and mm. ill and, and it's just a terrible it's like being in hell. So I, I said that if I'm sure if you were to ask the prison di director of prisons, he's going to say they don't have money. That's the answer mm, that yeah, institutions yeah. give mm, for no everything. So no I was money. like, all right, let's 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 look at let's talk about that some more. So on the prison services website, they mm. say they issue one CD, 80 passwords per day per inmate. Mm -hmm. Right? That's the food allo budget allocation. Okay. And I'm thinking, well, two CDs per day can't really... What could it can't really do? You. Could, I mean, I'm sh I know economies of scale come in there or whatever it is, but there aren't that many... I mean, if what you want... What are you want, buying? Exactly. K Kinka is one CD, two CD. What are you now, buying? Now, what, what I should have done is compared it to the boarding school right. and to see, mm -hmm. and then we could say at least, could we get, excuse me, to mm -hmm. the level of having boarding school quality food, food which okay. is... It's edible. It's mm -hmm. not fancy, but it's edible, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And then, again, again on the prison services website, that they're mandated to provide vocational programs... Yeah, that's not happening. ...in prison, so that the prisoners can learn trades, um, you know, which is what they're supposed to do. Mm. There's nothing like that happening. And I'm like, okay, look, if you... Uh, why don't we never find creative solutions for our problem. problems? Across so dirty. Couldn't they have, like, let them, you know... Right. Now, so prison people. labor, mm. I know it's somewhat controversial, mm. but I, I feel like it's, it's, it's quite common everywhere, mm. you know? Mm. You use the prisoners and you pay them mm. a small fee. Mm. It might not be... What's the daily minimum daily wage now? Eight CDs per day? I don't know. I think so, something like that. Mm. Pay them even five. You know, as part of the punitive, call it punishment, yeah. you know, 
that they're not going to get the same wage as they would if they were in the free market. Right. Fine. Pay them five CDs or four CDs or whatever it is. Make it voluntary so you can't say it's forced labor and mm, they're slaves. Mm, mm. Ask them, okay, who would like to sign up for a prison labor program? Program, okay. And you would get five CDs per day mm. in your account and it would generate income as well. And I'm like, look, they should register. I'm sure that there are carpenters, tons yes, of carpenters are, in there. Yeah, I'm sure there are yeah. farmers. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there are welders. They I'm can sure feed themselves. I'm sure there's tailors. enough land, you know. In the States, it's a known thing. The prisoners make envelopes and they make license plates, right. among other things. Right. There is no reason why we can't have a pri- prison farms. My dad talks about this all the mm. time. We have so much land outside, government land, set up a prison farm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know, t- so those who sign up, they go stay there, you know, walk, fence it, wall it or whatever. If it's in the middle of nowhere, you can't really run anyway. Where, Where are you am. going? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Let them farm there. They grow food. They'll have enough food to, to eat, feed yes, themselves exactly. and sell the rest in yes, the, mar- on they, the market. They, yeah, they, you've, you've taken care of two problems. Large-scale farming. So you generate ink. Have why can't they do furniture workshops? Why can't they have a tailoring workshop? The prisoner, there's no reason why prison labor can't make school uniforms. Who that has contracts for Ghana school uniforms? Mm. Probably somebody's auntie. Right. There's no reason why prison services cannot generate income for itself, mm. and in doing so would solve, like you said, solve all their problems. Mm. Pay the prisoners pay themselves, raise the quality. If you're waiting for our taxes to do it, yeah, it's not going to happen. Gonna, it's not gonna and that's happen. the thing. The director of prisons is probably just sitting there waiting. Like, like you said, yeah, it's we don't have money, but he's not maybe probably not thought about, oh, At let all. me be innovative. What let can, me, I, what can yeah, we what, do? What can I come up with? What can I come up with to actually make the situation better, you know? And he even said anytime people cart, you know, a busload of stuff as mm. donations for prisoners, it never gets, gets to, to them, them ever. Yeah. The warden and all the prison staff just divvy it, it yeah, amongst yeah, themselves yeah, and yeah, take it home. So I think we really, this is, we have unique problems in Africa and they require unique solutions. Solutions, absolutely. We can't just sit here and say, okay, government structure demands that I get my annual budget of $10 million. Mm. We don't, it's not going to work like that. You have to find your, otherwise you won't survive. If you've got to find your way around around problems, you you just won't survive. So I'd like to hear, I mean, I don't know if you know anyone that knows anyone that knows a prison (laughs) director. Can you ask him why, if they've thought of prison labor Mm. programs to generate income? basket weaving or something or some of these government contracts to, for labor mm. give it to the prisoners there's so many things that I'm be sure done. they would lo- they would gladly sign up for some of that stuff if they could get money and it would let them get out of the cramped disgusting conditions mm. they're currently in because not doing anything and as well must be bo- yeah and you're having them dig pits for fun Anyway, I mean, come on. Anyway, so that's my in the news. Ah, yeah, that's that's a a good one. I hope it gets to the director of prison somehow and he listens and and does something about it. I hope so. Yeah, so thank you for that. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so we're on to song of the week. I've got two songs for you today. The first one is by a lady called Niniola. Oh, yes, she's Nigerian. Yeah, she's Nigerian. And the song is called Oyin. So I read up a bit about her and the only thing that I really thought was worth mentioning or it's any it's something that's worth mentioning, not just only is that she was a third runner up in Project Frame West Africa. I guess it's a kind of a music okay, yeah, talent yeah. thing. Yeah. And she describes her music I guess as Afro House. So the song is called Oyin. The album is also pretty good. I've forgotten the name of the album. But then the album is good, her name is Niola, go check it out. 
The second song that I have is a it's an old one from Earth, Wind and Fire uh -oh. featuring <laughs> Rafael Sadiq. Oh, <laughs> so really? I didn't know he collaborated uh, with them. Beautiful. It's a song called Show Me The Way. Uh, if you don't know Earth, Wind and Fire, then you're probably a bit too young. Mm. But, but yeah, so go check out Earth, Wind and Fire. Generally, they make really, really good yes. music. Oh, I'm really sure people have heard, even if they don't know it was Earth, Wind and Fire, they probably oh, because of Sep too. September, probably. Probably, well. yes. Yeah, so, so those are the two, Earth, Wind and Fire, Show Me The Way, featuring Rafael Sadiq and Niniola, song called Oyin. Awesome. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so I, I don't know what's wrong with me these days. Uh -uh. I've decided to do themed songs oh, of the God. week. So for this week, theme for my songs of the week recommendations we go on a jamaica so the first artist is called masika and the song is called they don't know masika i've heard of masika yes so masika is one of the contemporary dancehall artists who is buzzing you know he's approaching mainstream status okay so he has um he's from he's 26 years old he's from port moore and uh he came out of the vibes cartel camp actually vibes cartel has dubbed him his successor which is a bfd big deal and he recently got profiled in fader magazine so again he's about to hit the mainstream yes uh, he had a huge song last year called energy that came out in 2017 and this year they don't know is you know looking to be even bigger than that it's got 11 million views on youtube and climbing and uh yeah so the real name is javon fearson he's from portmore portmore <laughs> jamaica and in 26 year old <laughs> no, i'm gonna right. stop that because <laughs> right, i mean you're allowed to you know, i'm actually jamaican. jamaican so you know my mom is and even i know that my patwa is garbage oh, and i don't God. even try to speak uh -oh. it okay one day I'm going to have a whole <laughs> segment on locally acquired Jamaican accents. We need to talk. Stoneboy, we need to talk. Chatawale, we need to talk. And most what about, of you. What about black, black Rasta? I heard him once on the radio. I couldn't stop. Like, I had so to turn funny. it. Oh, my. Black Rasta is the number one culprit. Oh, was so funny. Hmm. Was so funny. Anyway, so Masika, they don't know. That's the first one. Nice. The second song is from a dancehall artist who probably needs little introduction. Popcorn. Oh yeah. I yes, most people know Popcorn mm. these days because he's he has definitely had mainstream success. He's featured on Drake's album. He's collaborated mm. with Pusha T, right. with the Gorillas, and so on and so forth. Also from Port Moore, Jamaica. <laughs> also out of the Gaza mm -hmm. camp. Mm -hmm. And uh, the name of this song is Family. And uh, it's just one, you know, dance hall music typically has three or four subject matters. Both these songs are the type that are about upliftment, mm -hmm. and persevering through the struggle, right. a one planting, mid up, and all this kind of stuff. Right. We did sleep on ground and things like that. <laughs> Those kind of songs, and they're just really beautiful, you know, really uplifting, inspirational, something to play in the morning on the way to work, okay. that kind of thing. So the ones your children can also listen. The to. ones your kids. <laughs> no, you know the other one involves. It's always either sex, or then the other one is about shooting and stabbing yeah. people. Some of them are so hardcore. Oh, it, you're frightening. I mean, but usually Jamaican dancehall artists are really about that life. They do. I mean, in the Vibes Cartel, that's locked up for life yeah, for murdering yeah, yeah, yeah. three. Somebody. People or something. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I mean, but yeah, these are one of the family-friendly <laughs> songs. So check those out. Popcorn, Family, and Masika, they don't know. Beautiful.
today's What the F takes place in Nigeria. Hmm. Um, surprise, surprise. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so somewhere in Nigeria, an accident occurred and it involved a 16-seater minibus uh, owned by a company called Peace Mass Transit. Mm -hmm. Now, the minivan collided with a, another car which had a gas cylinder um, and then 14 out of the 16 passengers got burned. Mm. Now, the, what the effery in this is that the burned bodies were buried without the relatives knowing. You are joking. No, 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 no. I'm not joking. And even though there were claims that the company did know, uh, um, have addresses or telephone numbers of the next of kin, these people were buried without the, without the relatives knowing. Ah. Girl. You know, that's quite unusual for Africa. We take funerals, World it's, Cup. You I, know, I was so, so shocked. I couldn't believe it. To make matters worse, the company didn't issue any statement statement until about a month about a month later, and then they came out to say that oh they didn't have the upper hand in or they didn't have the ultimate decision in burying the, the bodies, and that the blame fell on the national emergency responders, that they said that the bodies were so charred and so in bits that they had to bury the bodies. Now. A woman who wanted to get some official documentation on this was directed to the Federal Road Safety Commission. And there she was told that the officer asked her if they were employed to make calls to distressed people. You know, at that time, he's, he's, no, he's not, I guess he wasn't thinking, right? So at this point, nobody knows where the bodies are buried. Uh, the relatives they don't are, know where the bodies are. I mean, buried. they said they had buried them, but nobody knows exactly. I mean, exactly where I, the bodies um, are buried. My mouth is just hanging open over here. And I'm saying, so in all this, I'm saying, is this is this legal at all? Is it legal to bury, no matter how badly they're damaged or burned or charred, is it legal to bury somebody's somebody's relatives without them knowing? I don't. It, it, can't, it can't possibly be. be. It can't be. Even if you keep, because even if technically speaking, if you keep a body and you said it needs to be evidence in a case, at the end of that, you're supposed to release the remains Wait, to, to the, the relatives. Exactly. You have to. You have to. And and in all this, how is the how are the relatives going to find any peace? You know, because for 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 somebody to have died, I guess the last the last bit of coming, the last bit of getting inner peace is knowing where the person has been buried. And so you can go pay your respects. Respects exactly. How do they do that? I just, I just think they really, really messed up with this one. There's no way you should be able to bury somebody without them. How I know we have tons of Nigerian listeners. And so, yeah, tell I us. To, what's what's I are the laws? Tell, Nigerians are suffering, man. Like, what is what this, is the, how, Like, what, on what planet? It's, it's and so they, bizarre. And I'm sure they're so cavalier. Oh, we don't know, so mm, go and check. So go, yeah, it's, it's, to me, it was really, really disturbing. It's a disturbing thing. You know? uh, extremely, extremely. Like how, how, how? How? And we're so superstitious and scared of ghosts. So I'm surprised <laughs> that they did that because the one they'd be scared they'd be haunted. <laughs> you know? You didn't, I'm sure they didn't perform funeral rites and the bodies or anything. I have a feeling that they're going to end up having to dig up those bodies and then having to, you know, do they, the Well, they, that's the least mm, they can do and have them properly buried. It's, it's so upset. So that's my what the F. Let, let us know. Let us know what, what the, if you know whether it's legal to do that because I, I don't know. I, it I doesn't couldn't find seem it. Yeah, it's, like it it's just be. really upset. That, that's my what the F for today. Hmm. Oh, Gosh. It's bizarre. Oh, well, my what the F is somewhat lighter. Oh, thank God. And uh, yes, mm -hmm. I saw this on a message board that I belong to and I just couldn't, <laughs> it was just too hilarious. Well, I'm sure it wasn't hilarious for the parties involved, but well, for me, because I'm just sitting here reading and laughing. <laughs> right. So, in Kansas, supposedly, a man booked a prostitute uh, 
only to have his own wife show <gasps> up for the session. No way! <laughs> so, the story goes, this man had been using a website to book prostitutes for a while without his wife's knowledge. So, on this particular weekend, he told her that he was going on a boys' trip with his homies and he left on a Friday. So, he went and checked himself into the motel that he uses, you know, for his sexual trysts if you will <laughs> and then he got on his phone and went on his favorite prostitute website <laughs> <laughs> so according to the story he saw you know he was flipping through and he saw the picture of this lady mm. and it was only it only showed her from the neck down right. and he said the irony of irony mm. is that he saw her and he really liked her body so yeah, he booked that's her wife. <laughs> okay because you see you have it at home already but no but no, no. Mm. so anyway he was like oh okay Ooh, i like what she's working with book and <laughs> <laughs> So fast forward a couple of hours, the motel front desk people hear commotion and screaming or whatever. (laughs) They get a noise complaint, so they go in trying to figure out what's happening. And there's this man and his, what we discover is his own wife, yelling and screaming at each other. Because she showed up and Mm. he's like, what? And she's like, what? (laughs) (laughs) So, and here's a funny thing. So he called the police on her. Imagine, like how? So you just take a because prostitute. This one, you just both wipe your mouth and go home. Home, go home. Because who is more guilty here? You that you're out um, soliciting prostitutes, or she that actually is a prostitute, right? So of course, some sassy person in the comments was like, "Well, if he was looking after her properly, she wouldn't need to be prostituting to pay bills." Like, oh, is this here we're going to apply this? You know. I'm not sure we're going to do this. So, so the police came, and I think the police just laughed the two of them. Of course, like, okay, what would you well, do? Yeah, she's prostituting, but you're soliciting prostitution, which is also illegal. Mm. So it might as well just cancel each other out. Exactly, and go, go home, home, deal with your problems. So, <laughs> so. That was my quick. Oh, right. Quick. That's, that's the end yeah, of the story. Great. I don't know what happened to them after that. But yeah. But, so don't, um, I don't know, is there a moral to this? And I don't know. No, if I you're don't caught know. in an L, just take, take your it, L. Yeah, and go if home. If it's a mutual, if both of you caught L's at the same time, the L's cancel out and you just both go home yeah. and be quiet and enjoy what you already said you you know. You already love your wife because you're booking her and things. You know? The, the, I so go love your wife at home. Oh. Now, I'm not sure why she was prostituting on the low low mm. or how long she'd been doing it. They didn't give those details. I almost thought there was going to be a twist with uh, where she, she'd say, oh, she knew her husband was doing this. So she just, she contacted the site oh. and then, you know, she came to, yeah, this is me. But then it looks like she was No, apparently when he was off on his boys trip, she, she was like, let me also find something to do with my <laughs> time. get my coins. Prostitution. <laughs> and I'm like, where did that leap though? <laughs> anyway, that's right. fine with the F this okay. week. <laughs> okay, so my we're on to two passwords now. And my two passwords is a little empathy goes a long way. So I guess the simplest way to describe empathy is the ability to put yourself into someone's shoes. And I've spoken to spoken about empathy with a lot of people, my friends, my family, because I think it's such an important uh, part of, of normal human interaction. Mm-hmm. And uh, I feel like it takes a lot of introspection. It takes a lot of um, 
doing away with your intellectual prowess, a lot of self-awareness, mm -hmm. and a lot of stashing your ego away to be able to be empathetic. Shout-outs to the third veil of Maya, the self, and the <laughs> exactly. ego from last week. Exactly. Remember, we talked about mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay, so say you have a disagreement with somebody and, I mean, naturally you're inclined to think that you are right, you, the person right. is wrong, I mean, yours is the only way, and everybody else is unreasonable. But then if you're empathetic, what you try to do is understand why they're feeling the way they're feeling, why they're thinking the way they're thinking, and why they're acting the way they're acting, you know. And what you should, what you would do is, is ask yourself, can I look at um, their view from their perspective to try and understand them? Perhaps would I have done the same if I were well, in, in their shoes? Exactly. Or say you're at a job and you've got a customer on the line because he's saying that, well, you promised me a toy by Wednesday. Today is Thursday. I don't, I don't have the toy. In your mind, you're probably thinking, my, God, my goodness, it's just a just toy. Calm down, it's, yeah, right. it's, it's, just, it's just a toy. But to that parent whose kid has been nagging him for years, who he's finally got that toy for. It's, it's a bit more than that, you know? Yeah. So try and put yourself into people's shoes to see how, 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 how they might react. And I think that when you begin to see things from another perspective, it makes you also a bit more human and not seem so narcissistic, you know? Yeah. Of course, everything you do is in the, you should do in the, real, in the realm of, of, of being normal. You can't now say, oh, Eddie said be empathetic. So some nutcase goes to go shoot up some school or something. Say, oh, Eddie says you have to be empathetic. So I'm trying to empathize with the, with the social part. No, like, oh, let's, he's just, you know. You know, let's, let's be a bit reasonable when we're applying these things. <laughs> like everything doesn't have to be like extra. And there, there's a whole lot to unpack um, on empathy. But then that's going to be a lecture for, for another day. Or you just go read it up. So, therefore, let me leave you with this. Next time you're in a situation and you're, you're not particularly empathetic or naturally empathetic, uh, and next time you're in the situation that requires some human reaction, see if you can put yourself in that person's shoes to see if you can resolve the situation a bit, a bit better. So, it's empathy is, is, is my two pesos for today. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you for that. <laughs> okay. So, my two pesos is about centering whiteness Ooh. and hmm, I mean I was going to find trouble for myself. and I, and I don't necessarily mean white privilege or mm. you know color bias and things right. like that now those are you know obviously real and extant issues that we have not yet resolved mm -hmm. I mean what this is about is a very specific type of white centering that I find happens in Ghana mm -hmm. and that irks the crap out of me hmm. all right so there is this trend and i don't know when it started but we have this habit of popularizing caucasian people mm -hmm. who so happen to be able to speak some type of Ghanaian yeah. language mm -hmm. yeah. and i've seen it happening a lot there's um there's one guy called obroni kojonino hey. Uh -huh. Yes, he aka six packs or something like that, <laughs> and he speaks Ga and Pi, so he became some sort of mini celebrity for a yeah, while. Right. Then there was this um, Kofi Filippo guy mm, who, yeah, yeah, I remember who him. got popular simply because he was singing um, Afrobeat stuff <laughs> on online badly, right. I right. might add. <laughs> and then the next thing, he's being interviewed on the radio oh, and okay. whatever, whatever. Right. And probably the number one you know, name that comes up when I think of this mm -hmm. is this 
Yeah, baby. Yeah, girl. yeah, I've heard about her. AKA well. Yeah Van Damme, mm, right? Mm. Now she is literally a minor celebrity for no, no other her? reason that she speaks Cree well, okay. right? She's appeared on UTV, Abeku Santana, KSM hey. Show, Pulse Ghana, on and on and on and on. She has like 15,000 followers. She has a TV wow, show. Wow. I didn't even apparently. know this about I didn't know. And I'm not, okay, you will be an upcoming artist and trying to get on KSM. You will never, you, yeah. I mean, they're not going to book you, mm. you know. Mm. Now, mind you, let me just preface this by saying I have nothing. I don't know any of these people. I'm sure they're lovely. I'm mm. sure she's a lovely girl. Mm. But what I don't understand is why we are outside of novelty appeal. Okay, right. it's not that common for Caucasians to speak Ghanaian languages. Mm. Okay, but she does because she lived here and... Mm. And it shouldn't, it shouldn't be seen I speak French. Am I on Fr Was I on French news? You right. speak German. Mm. Nobody had you on the news. Like, <gasps> oh my god! <laughs> Especially when most Ghanaians are multilingual already. That's the thing. That's the you thing. You know. So, my point is, there's no reason why an ability to speak a language that is not yours should necessarily make you a celebrity. Right. We do it all the time when we travel outside of here and go wherever. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It's it's normal for us. It's expected, actually. So it's the. I mean, if she grew up here, mm. why shouldn't she be able to speak? She or she lives here now, or has lived here for a long time. And what you know took this beyond mild irritation mm. to, you know, me saying okay, seriously, mm. is that she was made. Yabibi was made a spokesperson mm -hmm. for promoting made in Ghana goods. And so she's there at this function, speaking to this. Why? Or, I'm like, are you, uh, what? What? Really? Oh, because she speaks Chi? No other reason that, what? That, 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 that shouldn't be the, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? Um, the word escapes me. But that's, that shouldn't be the only reason why she That's should it. be, you know? And I'm like, what is our fascination? Why is it? It's like some weird. I'm trying to find the word to describe it. It's almost like we are gra grateful, or mm, do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah, like, like, oh my like, oh, god, wow, she speaks our language. Yes, oh my god, a white person. Like you know, there's some undercurrent of, I don't know, psycho. I don't know what <laughs> that I really don't like. I don't like it. It's like we're pandering. I don't know what word to use exactly. But it mm -hmm. no, I was gonna say. Do you remember the day we went to this fair at Alliance Francaise? Mm -hmm. We were at this food stand. We had been standing there for a little while, and this lady wasn't even talking to us. And as soon as some white people came by, then we started. <laughs> I don't know whether you remember. Maybe I you don't. don't. And you were. I remember you were so. You were so annoyed. Like, yeah, this is typical. <laughs> You've seen a white person, and all of a sudden, you know, everybody else doesn't matter. We were there before. Right, and we're juxtaposed. I mean, one minute we're talking about the colonizer did this and the colonizer did that, which is true. And then the next minute, we ca we we can't. We're falling over ourselves to like be in their presence and help them mm. and have them acknowledge us and Shouldn't things like be. that. Shouldn't and it's be. a bit. It's a bit bizarre, and it's a bit. Uh, it it makes my skin crawl mm. to some degree. Now, another reason why I remembered this topic and. You know, I decided to talk about it this week is because in the recent social media week, apparently <laughs> they asked 
Irene Donati. Now, you probably won't know who Irene Donati is unless no. you're on GH Twitter or something like right. that. But she is a... I don't even know what she does. What is, she's a brand, a brand strategist something, or something yeah, like yeah. that. And she's, you know, been dragged a few times by GH Twitter. <laughs> and yesterday, it was... There was a bit of a furore because she was invited to speak on beauty standards, mm. social media, and the natural hair movement. Mm. Mm. Now, this is a part where I tell you that Irene Donati is a Caucasian Italian woman. Mm. So, it, there's this weird... In a country where we are 99.9% blackity black, black, mm. black, mm. how are we... What is our... <sighs> How would she be able to really, you know, mm. it's kind of like, okay, they invited her because she's just like this white person. Now, that might not be the okay, case. Now, I didn't mm. actually even listen to this speech. Right, right. But to me, on paper, there's a bit of a disconnect there, especially talking about the natural hair mm. movement. Mm. How would she be able to, even if she's able to talk statistically speaking. She can't really relate. How can she, she relate mm. to the 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 feeling of being told for centuries that your hair, as it grows out of your head, is wrong is disgusting it's ugly and you need to tame it and in taming it has to approach whiteness, whiteness. it mm. has to be straight it has to be as silky as it can be and then i also saw just to interrupt you i also saw a comment someone to that somebody saying that she works for a company that does that produces bleaching cream so i went so to right look there, i'm so nosy child so i right went there to i'm look. like ooh, that's that's not a they good have some lotion called bio bio tone, bio yes. tone or something yeah. anytime you hear tone it's a euphemism for bleach so I so you exactly so you're working a for a company that is promoting approximating whiteness as the standards of beauty it's been tone deaf and it, it it's just seems extremely tone deaf that having Yabibi baby as a spokesperson for made in ghana mm. all of it seems extremely tone deaf and boot licking licory mm. or something i just <laughs> i think we really need to reflect on some of the things we do and say mm. you know before we do and say that and do I mean, our research like and proper do our research because People, people know what's happening. You know, and all this, I guess it ties in somewhat to the... I almost talked about colorism and bleaching, mm. but I said, let me focus on this right. specific sub-genre. Mm. Because I had seen something about bleaching creams for babies, and I just <gasps> did not have the energy <laughs> that ex- to click on that that yeah, day. I was ex- like, you know what? I'm tabling this for when my mood it. is mm. better, because I'm going to be so mad. So, anyway, so that's my two passwords. Right. That we There's no need to be... Do you know what I even remember? If you're on Instagram, you'll notice this. Anytime there's some Afro dance video and there's some token white person mm-hmm. in it, mm-hmm. everybody goes crazy. Pay no, attention. Not, not when Theresa May was dancing. Okay, no. <laughs> <laughs> but dancers, no, you know. I'm you know, just kidding. Yeah. It's like you have these black girls killing it over and they're like, yeah, whatever. But in the minute it's somebody yeah, white, yeah, they're like, yeah, yeah, oh yeah. my God, <laughs> he's doing this shocky. Oh my God, it's amazing. What's so amazing about it, really? Huh? Can we stop, please? Can we, and they know they can see that too. You mm. think? I mean, we see it, they see it. They're yeah, like, yeah. oh, they love us. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyway, so that's my two pesos right, this week. Right. And no hate, because I've got like half my family is white, to be honest. But mm. the fact remains, Main, yeah, you know, yeah. I'm not bashing Caucasians or anything like that. I'm just when you stating. see it, you gotta say it. I gotta that's say it. That's what it is. So that's it. I guess yeah, we're done, we're right? Done shout outs. I want to shout out yes, the guy who 
made us aware of the fact that we have been nominated. I forgot yes, Osman. Osman. Osman, you're yes, the real one. You. Thank you. Because that's the only we- reason we knew at we all. We wouldn't have known. I was putting him in my thank you speech, honey. Oh, really? had one. I was like, you, shout outs to you. Yeah, so thank you for that. Thank that you, was, Osman. Yeah, and I have two shout outs actually this mm-hmm. week. One goes out to Steph, aka Oboshi. Hello. And the <laughs> second one goes out to Priscilla J. Both of you sent me really, really, really lovely messages Aww. regarding the podcast and regarding what we're doing and saying how much Aww, you love the show you. and everything. So thank you, ladies. Love you both. And um, yeah. All right. Peaches out. Uh, Eddie out. All See right. you next Bye. week. Bye. <laughs> I'm sweating like If you enjoyed the episode and you're listening to us on any of our platforms, please give us a thumbs up. Remember to subscribe and we'd also love for you to share this episode with your friends. Let's continue the conversation. We'd like to hear your feedback. Information on how to reach us on our website can be found in the description.